welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm glad you're so excited about that. Did you say holy? Always. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. Um, I feel like in decades gone past, there's been a big misunderstanding about maybe what the role of the Holy Spirit is, who the Holy Spirit is, what his job is, what he's here to do. And maybe sometimes people have seen um, expressions of the Holy Spirit and thought that's what the Holy Spirit only is, and they've got weirded out by it. They thought this is weird. The Holy Spirit has been labeled, and acts of the Holy Spirit has been labeled as, um, there's people that would say that when the Holy Spirit moves, that's not of, the, it's not of God, it's, it's of the devil. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today and bring some understanding to who he is and what his role is in our life. And that's a good thing. Amen? All right, so today is Pentecost Sunday, like I said, and Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost actually means 50th, okay? That's what Pentecost means, and it is 50 days from Passover to Pentecost, and so Pentecost means 50th, and the, the word Pentecost is actually the Greek word, the Hebrews call it the festival of weeks, okay? And so when the Israelites left Egypt, they left on Passover. Remember, God said, I'm going to pass over, and I'm going to kill all the firstborn. So go out and mark your doorposts with my blood so I know not to kill your children. I'm going to pass over, and I want you guys, when that happens, I want you guys to escape and get out because I'm rescuing you from bondage. And so they left, and they went into the, the wilderness. And 50 days later, God met them on Mount Sinai and gave them his Ten Commandments. 50 days later, and so they had the Festival of Weeks, and we have Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit showed up and the modern church was birthed. Jesus went to heaven, and then the Holy Spirit came down, and now we have what we call church today. So we're going to take some time. We're going to look in the book of Acts, and we're going to look in uh, the Gospel of John together and look at this and see what the role of the Holy Spirit is. So I want to start off in Acts chapter one. So if you would, go with me to Acts chapter 1. Luke wrote the book of Acts, who consequently also wrote the book of Luke. And I'm actually going to start in verse 4, Jaden, and I know we don't have the scripture for those verses, but this is when it's a bonus to have your own Bible or your own iPhone to look at the scriptures along. Josiah is raising his Bible in the air. Bonus for Josiah. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 4, and it says, uh, Once when he was eating with them, talking about Jesus, he commanded them, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I love how until the very end, the disciples are still asking Jesus if he's going to restore the kingdom of Israel from the Roman occupation. They're still trying to figure all this out. And he says in verse 7, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But, he says, everybody say but. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. The last words of Jesus to his disciples on earth were, I don't know, or you don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know when this is going to happen. But what you do need to know is go to Jerusalem and wait because the, God is going to send the Holy Spirit to you, like I told you. And when he does, you will be filled with power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, around the world. We are called, just if we don't get any farther than this, which I'm sure we will, but if we don't get any farther than this, you are called to be witnesses of Jesus wherever you go. And not just a Ruth witness, not just a Marco witness, but you are called to be a Holy Spirit-empowered witness that shows the goodness of God and shows the greatness of God everywhere you go. Amen. Are we on the same page there? Let's take a second and look at this word for power, because I want you to see this. In the Greek, this word is dunamis, okay? It's um, Greek number 1411 in Strong's, and it means specifically miraculous power, usually by implication, a miracle itself. Ability, abundance, meaning, might, a worker of miracles, power, strength, violence, mighty, wonderful work, and it means this as well, to be able power, especially achieving power. Jesus said, God is going to send the Holy Spirit down and you are going to be filled with power. This is the kind of power that he's talking about. Miracle working power. I want to show you something. Just hang on to Acts chapter 1 and go with me to John chapter 14. And I want to show you uh, one of my favorite verses. John chapter 14, and we're going to look in verse 12. Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and he says, I tell you the truth, anybody who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Do you believe in Jesus here? Does anybody here believe in Jesus? Okay, that's some great news. That's some great news because what Jesus said is, hey, if you believe in me, you're going to do the same works that I did and even greater than he says, because I go to the Father. Well, what does that mean? Well, in Acts chapter 1, he says, it's better for you that I go to the Father because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to you. And when I send the Holy Spirit down to you, you will receive miracle working power. So what was one person in the person of Jesus who could only be in one place doing so many things at one time? He says, if you believe in me, you're going to do the same works that I did and greater. So when I go to heaven and the Holy Spirit sent down by God comes and fills you with your power, you're going to do the same works that I did and even greater. (laughs) 
So you say, preacher, what are, are, you, are you telling me that my life is supposed to look like the life and the ministry of Jesus? Yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Jesus. And actually, it's not me telling you that. Let's clarify it. Jesus said that. I could tell you all kinds of stuff. But this is Jesus' words, and Jesus said, the same things that I did, and even greater, you're going to do, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to you. He said, because I'm going to the Father, uh, because I'm going to the Father, that means the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit down to you, and you're going to be filled with power. I don't know about you, but that's some great news for all of us. Let's keep looking in John. We're going to look in chapter 14, 15, and 16. And I want to show you a couple things here that Jesus told us who the Holy Spirit is. If you go down to verse 16, Jesus is talking. And he says, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. I'm I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, That word is actually the Greek word paraclete, and it means comforter, encourager, or counselor. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. The Holy Spirit is your encourager. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. So Jesus says, I'm going to ask my Father when I go to heaven to send down the paraclete, the one who is your comforter. We were praying about this in pre-service prayer this morning. Blake, Pastor Blake was praying about this, and he is the comforter. He is the encourager. He is your counselor. Listen, if you need comforting in your life, That's what the Holy Spirit does. If you need encouragement in your life, that's what the Holy Spirit does. If you need wisdom and counseling in your life, guess what? You have access to the Holy Spirit, and he is your counselor. I'm way more excited about this than y'all. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this because on the day of Pentecost, which is what we're celebrating today, which is what we're remembering today, is what happened. Jesus went to heaven. His last words were, go to Jerusalem and wait, and I'm going to send, I'm going to ask God, God's going to send the Holy Spirit down, and then you're going to be filled with power. His last words, and then he starts floating up to heaven. The Bible says he goes up in a cloud, he's gone, the disciples are all staring at him. Until they can't see him no more, and he's gone. If you read on in Acts, the Bible says angels had to come and say, why are you standing here still? He's gone. He'll come back the same way he left, but he's not coming back today. You've got some work to do. You need to go, Johnny. You need to go into all the world and be a Holy Spirit-empowered witness of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Okay, so, sorry about that. He, he, in John 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The advocate is your comforter, he's your encourager, and he's your counselor. And then it says this great phrase, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So he is your comforter, he is your encourager, he is your counselor, and guess what? He will never leave you. He's always there. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. But Jesus went to heaven, but then he sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one who will never leave you. And the Bible goes on, Jesus talks, and he goes on, he says, he'll never leave you, and he leads you into all truth. 
What does the Holy Spirit do? He comforts you. He encourages you. He gives you counseling. He never leaves you. He's always got there. He's always got your back. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. And he leads you into all truth. Does anybody here need some truth in their life? I mean, 2022 has been a real treat, hasn't it? 2021 has been a real treat. Don't we all need somebody in our life to give us some encouragement and some counseling and some wisdom? Don't we need somebody who's been with us and will never leave us when we feel like we're all by ourselves, locked down in quarantine? Do you remember that? And when we finally got to see people again, it was all weird. You're like, am I allowed talking to you? Is there a government watching us somewhere? Am I going to get arrested right now? You still, in the middle of all that, had the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. And he leads you into all truth. He's not going to tell you lies. He's not going to bring you false things. He's going to lead you into all truth. It's too hot in here. (laughs) Can you help me get this up? my helpmate. Thank you so much. Better together. Verse 26. So this is, this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus telling us who the Holy Spirit is. This is Jesus giving instructions to disciples about what the Holy Spirit is coming to do. All right? And this Holy Spirit, as we looked at in Acts chapter 1, is here today for you and for me. All right? So in verse 26... Of chapter 14 he says but when the father sends the advocate as my representative that is the Holy Spirit he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you so he's a representative of Jesus and he will teach you everything that you need to know and he will remind you of everything Jesus has said Have you ever been in a situation, you're like, I need to know what God thinks about this. I need to know what the mind of God in this situation is. I need to know what Jesus would do. I'm wearing my WWJD bracelet, but I need to know what Jesus would really do right here and right now. Well, guess what? I want to tell you, Dylan, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he reminds you of everything that Jesus said. So you'll be like, oh, I wish I knew what Jesus said. Guess what? You don't have to wish Jesus is there, the Holy Spirit is there, and he will tell you those things. Okay, let's keep going, because he said some more stuff. Oh, first five words of verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate, but when the Father sends, the Holy Spirit is from the Father. It's not weird. It's not some other entity. God sent the Holy Spirit down. You know you can't find in the Bible the word Trinity. You know that, right? The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Okay, great. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. But we see all through the Word of God the three aspects of who God is. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all three are active and alive. They're separate, but the same Spirit. And so we see here that God says, I'm going to send the Spirit down. Jesus came and did the work on the earth for us, went to the cross, paid the price. Jesus said, I have to go now. It's better for you that I go so that when I get to heaven... God can send the Holy Spirit down and he can live inside of each and every one of you. Let's keep going. 
verse 26. Let's go to chapter 15, verse 26. Is this helping anybody? Am I just talking to myself this morning? Are you like, I know all this, you're wasting my time, and we're in a sauna. Isaiah's like, yes. <laughs> He's like, you read my thoughts right there. Chapter 15, uh, verse 26, Jesus is talking. He says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father, and he will testify all about me. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit is to testify about who God is. He's always pointing to God. He's always pointing to the Father. He's not drawing attention to himself. He's always leading to who God is. Don't look at me. Don't look at the work. Don't look at the manifestations. The manifestations of the Spirit are not the point. The manifestations of the Spirit or the presence of God are not the point of the presence of God. The point of the manifestations are always to point people to Jesus, to bring people to salvation, to know God. So yes, there may be all kinds of signs and wonders when the presence and the Spirit begins to work and to move, but that is not the end of the purpose of those things. The purpose of those things is to lead people to the goodness and to the repentance of God. People get off track when we make those signs and wonders the purpose, when we make those signs and wonders the goal. It's always leading and pointing to God. Let's go to chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. Jesus is talking again. Jesus was talking a lot in these chapters, guys. And he says, but in fact, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. So Jesus had to go to heaven so that God could send the Holy Spirit down. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, look at this, when the Holy Spirit comes, listen to this, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit will come, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's not your job to convict people of their sin. I don't know if you believe that. <laughs> it's not your job. You're not the convictor of people. Billy Graham said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's God's job to judge. It's not your job to judge either. And then he said, it's my job to love. Guess what? Your job is to love people. You don't get to walk around convicting them. That's not your role. Because here's why. You'd probably do it wrong. The Bible says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you try to convict somebody out of your own feelings, your own thoughts, your own desires, what you're going to do is not produce the righteousness of God. You're going to try and produce the righteousness of Jake in that person. And the righteousness of Jake is not the righteousness of God. So he says, Jesus is talking, and he says the Holy Spirit will come, and the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of its sin and of God's judgment and of, what's the last one he say here? Uh, 
um, God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And then one more verse we're going to look at here in John chapter 16, verse 33, or um, uh, 13 and 14, I'm sorry. And he's summing it up here. He's summing up almost everything he said about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is his role. This is his job. This is why he is here. This is why God sent him down. One of, one of the many reasons. The other one is that you are filled with dunamis, miracle working power so that you can do what God has called you to do. So that there will be signs and wonders. But those signs and wonders are not the end of themselves. Those signs and wonders are to point to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. Some of, I feel like some of you do. I feel like some of you are just staring. So let's go back to Acts, and let's go to chapter 2, and let's show, let's look at this together quickly, of the Holy Spirit in action. So, <clears throat> day of Pentecost, Passover, Jesus was crucified. He was in the tomb for three days. The beginning of Acts chapter 1 tells us that, that Jesus was on the earth for 40 days. That's 43 days. And then we know, obviously, through some simple math, that uh, the disciples and all these people were in the upper room for about a week. Okay? So they're all upstairs in this room. They're waiting. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the gift. He said in verse 4, wait for the gift that the Father's going to send you, the Holy Spirit. And so they're waiting in the upper room. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, on the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. The New King James says, in one accord. And that word, in one accord, means of one mind, of one heart, of one purpose. They're all sitting in this room together. And the Bible says there's about 120 of them. And they're all sitting in this room together in one accord, with one mind. And what is that one accord? They are waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked all about it. And John, this big, long speech that he had with them in John chapter 14, what we call John chapter 14. They obviously didn't call it that. But Jesus is having this conversation. He talks about it, John 14, 15, and 16, about the Holy Spirit. And then his last words to them before he goes to heaven is, go to Jerusalem and wait for what I told you about, the Holy Spirit. And so they are waiting with one purpose and one goal. Listen, the tool of the enemy is division. They were all in one place, with one heart, with one mind, with one goal, waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. If the church could quit convicting each other and quit judging each other and quit saying, my role here is to do this or that, my role, my purpose is to show you the sin in your life. If we could stop doing those things and we could get centered and get our hearts and minds on one goal and on one purpose, and that purpose is to see God move, to see God, the Holy Spirit, come down and touch the city of Abbotsford, to see God work and move in your families and your friends and your neighbors. If we could just put aside our petty little, uh, I want to see this and I want to see this, and I think that person's wrong. If we could get rid of that junk and get it out of our life and say what matters most to me above everything else is seeing God's kingdom come and his will done, and we all came to church with that mindset, do you know what would happen? 
They were all together in one place. And suddenly, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we could get all together. We're all together right now, physically. But are we all spiritually together? Are we all with one mind right now? Are you sitting in your chair right now as I'm speaking saying, all I want is to know about the Holy Spirit. All I want is to see God's kingdom come and his will to be done. Or are you sitting in your chair saying, I am so tired. It is so hot in here. I'm about to fall asleep. I'm so hungry. There's a McDonald's down the street and it's dollar drink days and I can't wait to get out of here and quench my thirst. Let me tell you something. Put your drink aside for 30 minutes and focus your hearts and your minds on Jesus and say, all I want for this next few minutes is to see God move and to see God work and to see God do something in my life. Do you know what would happen? Come on! Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They began speaking in other languages. Then it goes on and it says, they were, um, at this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. All these people had come for Passover, and they'd come for Pentecost. So all these people are in Jerusalem, and the Bible says as they're there, sitting around celebrating Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, they're sitting around, and it says, um, when they heard the loud noise, everybody came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So these people that were in the upper room began speaking in other languages. That's some dunamis, miracle-working power. Have you ever spontaneously began speaking in another language? Okay. Have you ever spoke in a language that you did not know naturally? This is what's happening here. The Holy Spirit falls on these people and they begin speaking in other languages, natural languages that they didn't know. And it says in verse 7, They were completely amazed. How can this be? These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, um, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed and said, what can this mean? It's meant to point people to God. The Holy Spirit moves, pours out His Spirit, miracle-working power, and all these people begin to hear the goodness of God. They, They hear these people who are from Galilee who know one I don't know, maybe two languages, but they're speaking in other languages. And all these people are like, that's my native tongue. That's, this guy's talking in my native tongue. This guy's talking in my native tongue. And they're all talking about the same thing. But they don't know. These guys over here don't have any idea what they're saying. That's miracle working power. And that power is available to you today in your everyday life. 
I think I have heat exhaustion. It's good to be bald. Just wipe it off and keep going. Peter stands up in verse 14 and begins to preach. Peter the fisherman. Peter the one who's slicing off ears. Peter the one who's telling Jesus that he'll never deny him. The Holy Spirit falls and Peter gets up and begins to preach a message. And he pre- preaches this big, long message and he gets to the end. And in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other disciples, brothers, what should we do? What should we do with what you've just told us? We just heard you all out of your own mouths speaking in different languages, talking about the goodness of God. And then Peter gets up and preaches this blistering message and he doesn't hold anything back. You should go read this for yourself. He just lets them have it. And they say, the Bible says, it pierces them to the hearts. When the Holy Spirit moves, hearts are opened. He says, it pierces them to their hearts. And then they say, what should we do? Peter replies, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, I want you to look at this verse on your phone, in your Bible, on the screen. I want you to look at this verse. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by, our, by the Lord our God. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for everybody who calls on the name of Jesus. He is alive and active today. He didn't die with the disciples. When the disciples died and they went to heaven, the, disciple, or the Holy Spirit didn't say, well, I'm out, my job's done, and I'm going to leave everybody alone. If that happened, that means there would be no presence of God on the planet, and God will not allow you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So the Holy Spirit has to still be here, alive and active today, because the Bible also says that God is not a man like you or me, that he should lie. So if he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that means that his presence is still here, alive and active in your life, in your circumstances, in your family, in your relationships, in your mind, in your body, whatever you need. He is the comforter. He is the encourager. He is the counselor who leads you into all truth. You don't have to worry about lies from the enemy. If you've got the enemy coming and whispering lies into your ear, you know what you do. You go ask the Holy Spirit. And you say, what do you think about this, Holy Spirit? Because I know you're the spirit of truth, so I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen to these lies. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.